Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Critical Chef Podcast. My name is Kelvin Cedeno, and I am the Critical Chef. If this is your first time uh, listening to the Critical Chef Podcast, I want to say thank you for tuning in and taking the time to listen to me. And if this is not your first time, welcome back. And thank you once again uh, for listening to me. Um, you know, it's been an interesting couple weeks uh, as far as the United States goes. Uh, you know, the election is quote-unquote over. And the only reason I say quote-unquote over is because the tabulations have not been verified and completed. Not necessarily because I think that Joe Biden winning was some type of uh, fraud or anything. I don't. I don't really believe that. So, um, but I will say that the election was very uh, telling. It was a learning lesson. I think it was something that went the way that mostly everybody thought it would go. I was obviously wrong because I uh, thought that Donald Trump was going to win. Obviously, he hasn't conceded yet, and he's going to try his way to cheat with the courts, but hopefully that doesn't occur because I don't want all these issues to come up that would come up about that. Um, As you listen to the pod today, I know you probably noticed some changes, how uh, I got rid of the uh, intro, the interlude intro, and we're just going to start getting straight into the pod rather than have those other segues in it. Um, audio is finally fixed for good, which is a great thing. And, you know, we're just going to continue making some episodes as we continue to go forward about interesting topics. You know, whatever you recommend, I'll talk about. If you send me some stuff, I'll discuss it. And, uh, I'm trying to figure out who's going to be my first guest, but I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, now, as far as the topic I want to discuss today... It's obviously tied to the election, and frankly, I don't really want to spend too much time on the election, but I would just like to take into consideration some talking points that I've heard that I think are very odd. Um, I've seen a lot of on the internet about people uh, discussing that they can't believe that 50% of the country actually voted for Donald Trump. But the way you frame that and say, oh, these people are racist and they support racism and they support hatred and evil and discrimination and anger, um, that's not the case. I think the better question to ask yourself as a person who took part in this election, and I'm talking to people who voted because I didn't vote, is how bad of a candidate was Joe Biden that he was able to allow Donald Trump to get 50% of the vote and have it as close as it is where we had, you know, four days of the Electoral College still counting. And there's still counting votes to this day right now. And I think that's one of the most important takeaways of this election is that everybody was voting anti-Trump and not pro-Biden. And when you have to vote just because you don't like the other guy, I think that's very telling of 
our political situation in America. I think it tells of the two-party system in America and how archaic and ridiculous it is. And I think it tells that people are easily manipulated and attacked mentally and emotionally by the media. You know, Donald Trump, I think, obviously, he sucks. We all know he sucks as a person. He's a terrible person. And he doesn't have the ability to lead. And he's just an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. And he said terrible things about certain races. And he does have a rhetoric that, you know, applies or that white supremacists would apply to themselves. However, Donald Trump did things that I agreed with. He, you know, fought China. He took us out of the World Health Organization, which was lying consistently about COVID. He took us out of the Paris Climate Accords, where the United States was paying the most amount of money towards uh, CO2 efforts, but China was emitting and is responsible for over 60% of the world's emissions. You know, he asked NATO to pay some more. And, you know, those were certain things that I agree with. I don't agree with everything he did. I don't think that he deserved a second term either. I don't think he should have been president. But I don't think Joe Biden should have been president. Because Joe Biden was just another run back to the establishment of 2008-2016. An establishment that was beholden to Wall Street, bailed out the banks, uh, started multi- uh, new conflicts and wars in new areas of the Middle East, and just, you know, gave a lot of lip service but didn't do much for the American people. And that's one of the things that I worry about, that people are a little too excited over this election just because Donald Trump won, but don't realize what they've gotten themselves into. And I hope that people wake up and realize that Biden is not going to change anything and that he's just going to be part of the status quo. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, Kelvis, give him a chance, give him a chance. I'll give him a chance. I am. But for anybody to sit here and say that people who are Republicans are wrong for not giving him a chance and delegitimizing his presidency, they are hypocrites. Because for four years, all you heard was Russia, Russia, Russia. Donald Trump is not my president. Fuck Donald Trump. And all these other things that just led to more and more division. And the division was stoked more than more than likely by the right it was started during the Obama administration and then it tailed off and got even worse during this Trump administration. And that's really the main thing that I want to talk about today is is political tribalism. Because what's happened in society is that politics has now become sports where you root for your team. And it has also combined with kayfabe and wrestling. So in kayfabe, or the term kayfabe, that means that it's fake, but people act as if it's real. So kayfabe is, for example, 
the belief that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock actually have beef. But they really don't. Uh, that Shawn Michaels is a heartbreaking playboy when he's really not. That The Undertaker is a dead man in California who can come back from the dead, right? That's kayfabe. And in politics, there is kayfabe. And, you know, where it's like apparently Republicans and Democrats don't like each other. Where Joe Biden apparently is a progressive now, even though he's a complete moderate and stated that he defeated the socialist Bernie Sanders and that he's never been a socialist in his whole life. Um, That Donald Trump somehow hates Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, but they're all friends. Um, That is what kayfabe is. And, you know, when you combine the tribalism of politics with kayfabe and the media, it's very easy to see how people can get manipulated and be used, you know, to those parties' advantages. Because one of the consequences of the Donald Trump election is not just that Donald Trump is gone, but the fact that the people who supported Donald Trump, who voted for Donald Trump, are now being shunned, disregarded, attacked, and in some cases cut off by friends and family and co-workers and society in general. And the reality is is that these people who are cutting off Trump supporters are just as bad as the Trump supporters themselves. You know, the idea that I'm going to cut somebody off just because they voted for a different millionaire than I voted for is asinine. You know, say what you will about people who voted for Trump, but you can vote for Donald Trump and not be a racist. You can vote for Donald Trump and not hate Mexicans. You can vote for Donald Trump and not think, you know, that systemic racism exists. I mean, doesn't exist. You know, you can vote for Donald Trump and not agree with the negatives just because you wanted a change in the status quo or you thought that policy-wise he was doing a good job. And these things can be all, they can exist in the same space, you know? And it's very disheartening to me to see people that are being treated like this because I know a couple people who were Trump voters I'm very close friends with them. And they're telling me that they have other friends that are cutting them off, that told them they can't talk to them anymore, that they can't be friends with them anymore, that they don't want to see them anymore. And it's just a disgusting reaction because when you really know somebody, their politics should not be the deciding factor of whether you're a friend with them because prior to Trump even being president, you were cool with them. But because of one guy who was around for four years, you're willing to throw away a lifetime of friendship. And I think it's it's very ridiculous. See, political tribalism, you know, this is this is a tale all this time. You know, this this goes back to essentially the times when when you had the serfs, the lords, and the kings. And the king was obviously making the most money, doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. Just taking advantage of everybody, 
but the the serfs and the lords were constantly fighting with each other and people essentially right now are being played politically to hate one another because that should never be the case you should never hate the other you know the idea that just because we disagree we can't be friends it's 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 stupid it's very sad it's very ridiculous and the news like i said the media and even some leaders are responsible for this because you know the day after trump won i mean the day after uh, biden won you had aoc come out saying that we need to take records of people who supported trump because she believes that a lot of people are going to distance themselves from him and that we need to hold them accountable hold them accountable for what Supporting a political candidate, big deal. What are you going to do? Those people didn't commit crimes. Those people didn't kill anybody. All they did was vote for somebody who they wanted to vote for. You know, or, you know, you had CNN where the, I forgot her name was, and it was like Ann, is it Ann Barker? I can't remember. But, you know, there was a CNN correspondent who said that uh, we have to eliminate Trump supporters. That's That's ridiculous language. You don't have to eliminate Trump supporters. You don't have to eliminate. And then, you know, Michelle Obama is coming out and saying that we have to long, hard road against uh, ahead of us because we have to work with people who voted for hate and racism and, and you know, xenophobia and all this other stuff. And it's like, what what are you doing? What is the point of coming out and saying these things? Donald Trump is now gone. Donald Trump is not the president. Your team, their team lost, your team won. So you treat these things, you know, humble in defeat, graceful in victory. You know, there is no need to demonize these people. There is no need to attack these people. And it's the same thing on the left. Like the right should not attack the left for not voting for Trump or for not supporting their candidate or for not supporting certain policies or for not caring, you know, about what they think is the the reality of what's best for society. Because we are people. People are different. Everybody is different. Our differences is what makes us great. You know, if you look at the country, it's the United States of America. Meaning we are united, even though we are different, separate but equal. Our differences is what makes this country great. Our differences is what makes us different. I mean, makes us unique and makes us work together and makes us accept certain things that we wouldn't accept because we have to have those hard conversations. Because if you create a situation where there's just a hive mind, then nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to happen. There are going to be no changes in society. You know, you have to be able to work with people. You have to be able to talk to people and you have to be able to have discussions with people and understand why they do things, how they do them. Not just, oh, you know, you supported this person. I'm done with you and you and I cannot be friends. And and it's sad. It is sad that the Mockingbird media has been able to manipulate people so much so to the point that anything related to the past, the, you know, to uh, Donald Trump is considered a negative thing. Even to the point where certain things that have nothing to do with Donald Trump 
are being attached to Donald Trump. And I'm not a Trump apologist. I'm not Trump, you know, I'm not saying he's not a bad person. I'm going to keep saying it. Trump sucks. He's a bad person. But, for example, for Van Jones to get on TV and cry and say, this morning I woke up and it's okay to tell your kids to be a good person, that it pays to be a good person. My nigga, who's raising your kids, bro? Is Donald Trump the father of your kids or is Van Jones the father of Van Jones's kids? You know, how is it that what you tell your son is affected by Donald Trump? I think that is ridiculous. And, and you see this a lot in the media where, you know, they say, oh, he's a leader and he should act like this. And he has the biggest microphone in the world. He's the most powerful and dangerous man. But then a week later, they call him an idiot. They call him stupid. They call him useless. So which one is it? Is he the most dangerous man or is he useless? You know, the media does a very good job of manipulating people and making people feel like certain things are happening. You know, I heard people talk about, oh, for four years, I feel like I've been suffocating. For four years, I feel like I've been under attack. For four years, I feel like it's just been terrible and I can't stand it. And it's like... What the fuck are you talking about? If the media never covered anything, you wouldn't know about it. If the media never covered him in the first place in 2016, 2015, he wouldn't be president. If they would have just ignored him and kept him moving, he would have never gotten elected. But they did because they wanted money. Because they wanted attention. Because Donald Trump was good for the ratings. And the media bombasted people for four years about every little thing that this man did. Because it was what? Good for ratings okay good for ratings that's all that matters and now we have a situation where joe biden is the president-elect the biden administration is going to take over january 21st and the left is now in control and i hope that the people on the left realize that right now is not the time to attack people. That right now is not the time to shame people. That right now is not the time to make people feel bad about who they voted for. Because even though Joe Biden won the presidency, the Democrats still will lose the Senate and they did not make up any seats in the House. So what that is telling you is essentially that the ideology and the tribalism pushed by the left is not having an effect on the tribalism of the right or independence in the middle. And the worst thing you can do as a political party or as a group of people with a certain ideology is tell people that your ideology is correct. That your ideology is right and that your ideology is best. That is not the way to go about things. The best way to go about things is to discuss with people the differences between your ideologies. And then come to a place where you can both live with the situation and live with the deal that you made. Because at the end of the day, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. And if you think that everything is a solution, that you can have a solution and that your party 
or that your ideology has the best solution, then you are going to be combated by people who are going to say, no, you're wrong. My party has the best solution. My party has the best idea. My party has the best thought thought process. And that's where we have issues. That's where America is completely, completely obsessed with their political parties, completely obsessed with their ideologies. And, and frankly, ideologies are nothing more than fairy tales for adults, right? Where you believe that whatever you think or whatever you listen to or whatever you hear, whatever you watch, whatever you do is what's right. Because people now, especially because social media and the me- social media, they now live in bubbles. They now live in self-affirming circles. They now live in safe spaces. The range of discourse and political discourse and the Overton window has completely been shattered. There is no, you know, let me see what you have to say. There is no, let me understand your side and your perspective. There is no, let's work together on a common goal to find the solution. There's none of that now. Now it's just, you know... Fuck you, you MAGA-wearing piece of shit. Fuck you, you SJW feminist cunt. Fuck you, you racist piece of shit. Uh, Fuck you, you know, you racist piece of shit because apparently Republicans think that, you know, liberals on the left are racist. And it's disgusting. And if you don't think it's like that for a reason, then you're slow. Then you're dumb. And you don't understand that the media, social media politicians, newscasters, reporters, that is what they want. They don't want a society where people can sit down and just have a conversation. They don't want a society where people are respectful of one another, where people care about one another, where people try to understand each other, where people want to work together on the common goal. And, and and realistically, what is the common goal? Because the one thing I constantly hear is that I don't agree with that person. I don't agree with that person because they think different than me. They're different than me. They support things that are different than me. Frankly, there is a split and a divide in America on the left and the right on certain issues. And, and it's not a lot. It's really not a lot of issues. If you really think about it, it's abortion, uh, taxes, healthcare, and immigration. Four things. Four fucking things separate the entire country down the middle. When all of these people have the same goal, which is to put food on their table, to have a roof over their head, a car to get them to work, some little, some money to go on vacation and go out, decent education for their kids, and the ability for the children to go to college to better themselves. That's what everybody wants. That's what every single person wants. And that's what we need to be working towards. Not, you know, spewing hate and disregard and and and, and angst for one another. Not arguing on Twitter with each other. Not being hypocrites and fighting on Twitter. You know, what people don't understand is that when you attach yourself to an ideology... It affects everything you do. It affects your reasoning skills. It affects your ability to think. You know, I saw a tweet 
from a writer at uh, Vox. And it was after Joe Biden won. And, you know, people were in the streets partying and Washington, D.C. was crazy, you know, with everybody on the streets. And he tweeted, it's party time at the White House. It was a picture of the celebration of Joe Biden winning. And then that same night, there was a game between Notre Dame and Clemson. And Notre Dame beat Clemson. And the people in Notre Dame stormed the field. And that same person tweeted, in the middle of a pandemic, these people decided to storm the field. Great. And everybody instantly, you know, pointed out this guy's hypocrisy. And he says... Oh, there! I see more people wearing masks in D.C. than I do at this game. Then somebody sent him a screenshot of the of uh, uh, closer pictures of, of, of pictures that were taken by reporters in the media that were at the game and showed everybody in that crowd on the field wearing a mask. And the guy still doubled down and said, "Oh, there's not that you know the ma- There's more masks that not everybody's wearing a mask." And and that right there just signifies to you. The thought process of anybody who is tied to an ideology is that even when you're wrong, even when hypocrisy is pointed out, even when you're shown that what you're saying, thinking and doing is wrong, you double down. And when you double down, it makes everything worse. And that is one of the main problems with political tribalism is that people don't go, you know what? You're right, bro. You know what? You're right, man. You know what? You're right, sis. I, I I shouldn't think like that. Or I shouldn't say that. Or maybe I should think about this policy differently or think about this differently or maybe think about how this affects other people. No, they don't do that. They just fucking double down. They double down, cover their ears, and go, la, 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 I can't hear you. La, 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 I can't hear you. And that in no way is the proper way to go about things. In fact, I think it's an irresponsible way to go about things. In fact, I think if this doesn't change, then it's going to get worse for our country. Now, do I think that a civil war is going to happen? Probably not. I think the media wants one so they can get a lot of coverage, so they can push it, so they can, you know, get ratings. Uh, you might see some protesting and some fighting from people on the left and on the right, but those are the extremists, and who cares, right? Because a lot of people in this country are not extreme. A lot of people in this country are reasonable people. But ideology has essentially separated these people and made them think that they're not reasonable and made them think that they're not thoughtful and it made them think that they're not empathetic to other people. And when you remove empathy and sympathy... The only way that is removed is by making the other person, the the person across from you with a differing opinion, seem like the other. Um, There was a sociology textbook that I read. This was probably years ago. Uh, One of my first my first year of college. And it talked about the perception of the other and how in Vietnam, a lot of soldiers who committed atrocities. And it goes also for World War II with the Germans who committed atrocities against the Jews. And, you know, even nowadays when police commit atrocities against civilians, that they don't view the person as another person. 
they view them as the other or they give them a name like, you know, Charlie's or the Jews or perps, you know, and you see this in today where people on the left are libtards, SJWs, you know, cucks, people on the right are MAGA hat wearing MAGA hat wears, you know, they are, uh, God, you know, whatever, like, uh, cousin fuckers or rednecks backwards, you know, hillbillies. When you do that to people, you don't see them as equals. You don't look at them as yourself or as a human being or as somebody that has a heart and breathes and has a brain just like you. And that has happened now. It's so bad that people really look at the other side and don't want to talk to them, don't want to be friends with them. I've had people block me on Instagram or not talk to me or unfollow me just because of things that I've said that were anti-Biden, even though I'm not pro-Trump. You know, so when you have somebody like me who's not the enemy, who's not on any side, I'm still getting attacked. So what happens to the people who are on that side, who are on the other aisle, or as they say, the other side of the wing? It becomes complete chaos. And and I hope that people understand that you are being manipulated by the media, by politicians, by those who have influence to hate the other side. You know, in 2018, when the presidential candidates were announced, Sean King, who you guys know, the uh, that civil rights guy, Taco Max, another fake black guy, he tweeted, I'll be frank and tell you, two Democrats that I'm 99% sure I won't be supporting primarily because of their dis- dismal history on criminal justice reform over the course of their entire careers is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They both helped build and advance mass incarceration. Now, this is on November 14th of 2018. Now, this is Sean King on August 11th of 2020. That's it for me. I'm incredibly proud to see a brilliant black woman, an HBCU grad chosen as a vice presidential nominee. I've done political work my whole life. It's rarely things dreams are made of. Kamala Harris is the most progressive VP nominee in American history. Now, how does that happen? How does that happen? Somebody explain to me, how does that happen? You don't endorse them. Now you're endorsing them. You don't care about them. Now you care about them. You know, it's very simple to see how fickle a lot of these people are when it comes to manipulating people and creating and cultivating a cult of political tribalism. Because when you create a division, when you create the other, when you create teams, it is easier for people to be divided. It's easier to make people hate each other. And it's easier for them to get clicks and views because that is what sells. Anger sells, hate sells, 
and violent selves. And I hope that people begin to wake up and realize that none of that stuff is what they should be buying. And um, those are my thoughts on political tribalism. I want to thank you all for joining me today on the Critical Chef Podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time. Please follow, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, you can follow us on the Critical Chef Podcast. That's an ins- on Instagram. You can send listener mail to the Critical Chef Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me directly at my Instagram, which is klvs.cdno. Uh, like I said, this is the Critical Chef Podcast. Uh, there probably should be a new episode dropping tomorrow as well. So thank you for tuning in. Please let your friends know, let your family know, let everybody know, and peace.